0: Welcome to The Business of Learning, the learning leader's podcast from Training Industry. Hi, welcome back to The Business of Learning. I'm Sarah Gallo, Senior Editor here at Training Industry. And I'm Michelle Eggleston-Schwartz, Editor-in-Chief at
1: Training Industry. Today's episode is brought to us by Training Industry Courses Needs Assessment Certificate.
2: Diagnosing training needs isn't easy, but it's essential for delivering training that drives business results. The Training Industry Needs Assessment Certificate Course was designed to equip learning leaders like you with the skills needed to uncover training needs so that every program you deliver hits the mark. To learn more about the program, visit trainingindustry.com slash courses or visit the show notes for this episode. Don't let your needs assessment fears hold you back from delivering great training. Register for an upcoming virtual session today at trainingindustry.com slash courses.
0: Ongoing training industry research, which we'll link to in the show notes for this episode, has found that diagnostics, a process that involves identifying performance needs and determining whether or not training can solve them, is one of the key process capabilities of great training organizations. So in other words, before rolling out training, learning leaders need to do some undercover detective work. This process isn't easy. So today we're speaking with Training Industries Training Needs Assessment Certificate Instructor and L&D Consultant, Dr. Kate Hickson, along with Alexandra Kubayatu, a certified professional in training management and instructional designer at USAA, and Gifty Abarj leye a certified professional in management and U.S. training manager at World Relief. Dr. Hickson, Alexandra, and Gifty, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. It's great to be here.
1: Yes, Welcome. To kind of get things started, why don't you each define training needs assessments for us? What does it mean to identify training needs in an organization?
3: I could go since mostly it starts with me because my name starts with A. My name is Gifty Abagri laye I would say training needs assessment. Actually, in my personal experience, I call it training needs experience because it is a continuous process and a continuous learning process for that matter. So you experience it as you go. You start, before you even start doing this assessment, you start the experience from there. You start thinking about what to do, what challenges would encounter, and how to go about it. So it's a whole process and a whole experience. So I call it a training experience in that this is where you identify where you are, where the business is, where the people in the business is, and where they want to go and how to get there.
2: You know, I love everything Gifty just said. And one word in particular really stood out to me, that it is a process. She also mentioned it's an experience. It's something that we must continually do, activate and be involved in. And Sarah, actually in your introduction, you said it's an investigation. I absolutely think that's a great definition for a training needs assessment. It is an ongoing investigation where we are looking at the current state of the business, what is going on, what is working well, what isn't working well, and where do we want to be? So figuring out that gap between the knowledge, skills, abilities, or attitudes of everyone within the organization versus what we ultimately are wanting or expecting of them. That's
4: great, Kate and Gifty. I really do appreciate what you just said. It just resonates with me, of course. And I guess for me to define it essentially, I mean, it's all of that, of course. It's for me the first analytical activity that needs to be completed to determine the most efficient and effective path to solving a business problem, of course as it aligns to the overall business strategy. And here, I guess in this phase of it, we tend to answer the questions on whether or not to use, you know local resources to outsource. To, or just to formulate a whole different solution altogether that's not even related to training. So that's my input on that.
1: Definitely. Training leaders definitely need to, need to do that detective work before rolling out training programs. What tips or best practices do you have for our listeners on how to uncover training needs and
2: skills gaps? Oh boy, that's a big question. There's so many tips. There's so many things to keep in mind and consider You know, one thing I would simply say is, listen, make sure you are using those active listening skills, talking to as many people within the organization as you possibly can. Why? Because you want to have a wide perspective when you're analyzing these issues, challenges, problems, and ultimately, of course, coming up with your solutions, right? That's the end game. That's what we ultimately want to be able to do is propose some ideas or solutions, But so think beyond just HR. Talk to people in accounting, marketing, sales, line managers, star performers, people at the top of the organization, the bottom of the organization, everywhere in between at the organization to, again, ensure that you are getting that wide variety of perspectives that can help to shape your solutions. Totally agree, Kate.
3: That is exactly what I would say and what's been very helpful to me, I mean, Don't think you need more information at one point, less more information from the other because you don't know who's going to move when. And one other tip apart from this great one is time. Think of it that time is of the essence. Time, I'm talking about, uh, especially in a larger assessment tool or in a larger organization like mine, how much time do you have at hand to complete this? How much time do you need to implement? How much time do you have to process? You know, think of it also in seasons and differences. Like I just saw, Michelle, that was your place that is snowing. It's, it's hot out here, right? So if I'm going to do an assessment, if I'm running a multinational, a global-based organization, we want to look at the time differences, the seasons in our various outlets and locations such that, that could impact on the output you get from your assessment. You could send an assignment to, let's say, a, a country out of the U.S., which the season they are, organization-wise, is the busiest season. You might not get too feedback from them, You know, so you would want to also consider the time, because it is not a smooth road. It, as I said, it's an experience. It's both bumpy and smooth. Just enjoy it, but all that Kate said, and think of the time as well.
4: Excellent. I love that. I love what both of you have said, uh, both Kate and Jifty. And I guess just to give my perspective from an instructional designer a point of view, one tool I really love using is the tool of the model of design thinking when it comes to per- performing a TNA or a training needs assessment. Within this process, of course, like Kate was saying, ensuring you have a diverse group of stakeholders present, I recommend an agile meeting structure to be able to to manage that and a strong project manager, of course, because you get a lot of feedback from all kinds of places. One book recommendation, if I'm going to make a book recommendation, it's going to be the systemic design of instruction because it's got all kinds of um, solid groundwork and diagrams for assessing gaps in different domains like attitudinal, intellectual, psychomotor. So it's just a tool. But I mean, essentially, and to use medical terms <laughs> per se, like we've been using, uh, uh, like diagnosing, we're essentially going to be diagnosing the core root of problems. And I think if I were to give a single best practice is to make sure you're developing training, not to cure a symptom, but to cure the core
0: root of what is going on. Perfect. I love that, that idea of looking at the core root of the problem not not so just putting on a training band-aid over a problem, so to speak. That's that's definitely a good tip to keep in mind. I'm interested to hear if there's any common skills gaps or training needs that you all are seeing across organizations.
4: I guess from, from what I have seen from different organizations, I think one of the most common skills gaps are in the areas of training a mid to upper level manager in scenario analysis and problem solving. So I would say scenario analysis and problem solving for mid to upper level management is more of a challenging training solution to overcome. And I think it's it's very doable. There's lots of tips and techniques for that specifically, but that's what I've seen is I think more common, especially as we evolve into a lot more of training, um, Asynchronous learning, online, web-based, fully online, and where we don't actually encounter people scenarios in real time, in real life. So that's that's what I have seen is trending in my view.
3: Totally, Alex. I think that uh, prob- at this current situation where the world is right now, I think problem solving can never be over Like We need it. We solve problems every day. And I think that's one thing that's come up really prominently as a need. And also IT or technology related needs Um, has also come up a little bit more now because this is going to be our reality for a while. People are migrating from in-person work to working more remotely. People are using more technology now. People are challenged to use their technological skills to work with their teams to learn to develop to solve problems i mean to do everything that they would normally do in person so that gap is there especially when now we're dealing with as the first time where we have um up to five generations working in the workplace that spectrum of really highly technologically advanced individual versus not too good technologically survey people like myself all working together poses a little challenge. And so that in itself is a little bit um, a pointer to us to, to say that IT related, cyber, artificial intelligence, related issues and trainings are coming up a little bit more. And the other one that is coming up is also training, generally training. Being able, not just imparting the information, not just reading out the slides, not just giving out the information, but designing, developing, facilitating, relevant, timely content that would solve people's problems that would get the organization going, that would get employees work, run with, not just learn and keep it for two years. You know, and being able to do that in a way that is that feels like it is in person, that the participant and the facilitator feels they are. They don't see the gap between them. They feel they are not even watching a screen. They feel they are right there. So getting to do training effectively, efficiently and successfully involving people, collaborating people, participation has become one of
2: the need that I see coming up especially at my area. I couldn't agree more with what Gifty was just describing of the need for engaging, interactive, exciting trainings that is so true. I'm thinking of all the projects that have come across my desk recently, and most of them fall within a leadership development spectrum, uh, perhaps interpersonal skills or working with the uh, high potentials at a company. Of course, there's also a lot of uh, D&I initiatives. So there's a wide gap at organizations surrounding those efforts at having more inclusive cultures and environments. And so figuring out not only Okay, how do we train for that? How do we help folks to learn that? But then going back again to Gifty's point of how do we now do it in such a way where it's going to really stick? It's going to resonate with all the people on perhaps even a global basis who are going through these various trainings. And then I would also say a huge need, a huge gap is continuing to figure out how to best align with the business. Ensuring that we have that strategic alignment, and that, of course, will vary wildly from one organization to the next. But keeping that in mind with all efforts that we do as we go through this TNA process, ensuring we are aligned with the company.
1: Definitely. I couldn't agree more. that alignment piece is so critical when it comes to creating effective training. I'm interested to hear from you all, why is it important that learning leaders do the pre-work of assessing training needs before rolling out training programs and solutions? Why is that so important?
2: You know, I always akin it to building a house, right? So I think about if I'm going to go through a, a custom build process, surely I first need to understand, well, what is it? (laughs) What do I need? What do I want? How many bedrooms? How many windows? How many bathrooms? What makes sense for my family, for my use cases, my situation? And so you think about it in terms of a blueprint, right? Just like how an architect comes up with those very specific plans for the house. It's the exact same concept with the training needs assessment. What is the blueprint? What are the plans? What are the needs? What is the vision? So just like how you wouldn't start building a house without those plans, you should never go into a learning and training initiative without a comparable set of plans in front of you.
3: Yeah. I, I love that. I love the ha- house analogy. And just, just a little bit about that. If you build that house and you don't inhabit it and you're still living somewhere, paying rent and leave, your house is built. What's the essence of it? I mean, employees nowadays do not want to learn something and keep it for two weeks. We want to learn and work on it. We want it to be relevant to what we're doing. Okay, I have this problem. What training do I need to take to solve it? Not what training do I need to take to think about the problem that's going to come two years time. Okay, wait for two years and teach me that. You see? And so you can't say doing a needs assessment before creating it makes you able to creates not just the content, but the relevant content, the timely content, the useful content, the tools, the knowledge, the skills that people need to hit the ground running. People need to succeed. The team needs to move on. The employees, the organization needs to meet their goals. Doing a needs assessment ahead just gives you that opportunity to be able to solve the problem, to be able to produce that. Wholesome meal that will meet the palatal needs of all the consumers instead of producing something that nobody
4: else tastes. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to touch upon how important it is because we are using resources and <laughs> we need to be able to re- be resourceful in what we do in L and d and all kinds of training not have to duplicate or, you know, reinvent the wheel unless, you know, we have to and be able to show that we can perform as LND professionals in a way that best ensures that we are being, keeping in mind what the, the profitability is of the company and making sure that we're not putting something out there to Put it, like you said, uh, put a Band-Aid on the problem and really addressing the problem. I have seen this a lot, like in call center environments. For example, almost every call center has a problem with handling irate customers, for example. So they have training on how to de-escalate a customer. However, I've seen a lot of training pointed to being courteous and professional and how to be courteous and professional and how to, you know, apologize properly and, and, and do all that jazz. However, the problem could simply be not in the tone of the individual, of the customer employee, but the core issue could be the inability to find solutions for the customer using probing techniques and how to express empathy. So it's a little shift in the way we diagnose the problem, but it can get to the root rather than just the symptom. So that's what I would say, just to, to ensure that we are targeted in, in our efforts.
0: Yeah, that's a great way to look at it. You know, you can't you can't build a house without that blueprint. And just like that, you can't deliver training, at least training that drives business results without first finding the root of the problem, like you mentioned, Alexandra. We love that. I think another thing I want to touch on here is that as you all know and as our listeners know, learning leaders are also business leaders and part of their job is partnering with stakeholders. But most of us weren't really born with those business savvy skills. How can effective training needs assessment help learning leaders become these better business partners and really claim their seat at the decision-making table?
3: I like the idea of calling it learning leaders. The factor of agreeing that you are learning. It is a process. You're still learning. You continue to learn about the business needs. You continue to learn about business goals, targets, where the business wants to go. And and, and I think that alone is important in that needs assessment is not limited to just the people in the organization. It also extends to partners, to stakeholders, to donors, customers, internal and external as well. So being able to to operationalize their needs and their tasks of the people and to yield solutions, yield the needed and required solutions to the problems is what I think every business looks out for. It's what every business targets for. So a good news assessment affords the manager, affords us a holistic and good understanding of the organization if and how to effectively align your training, how to effectively align your solutions to their needs and to the business goals, because you are a a greater portion of the success of the organization for that matter. And placing yourself at the right point at the right place matters.
4: Absolutely. I I like the way you you said that, Gifty. I want to emphasize a good task analysis is essential. And um, I think uh, it's important to use both qualitative and quantitative data Sometimes the most effective way to gather some of the critical data is just to interview stakeholders. I I enjoy doing that. Um, Interview stakeholders, all stakeholders, I mean, from the customer up to the upper level, right? And just gather and analyze that data for trends, you know, using keywords and all these other tools that we have out there available for that. So yeah, I think gathering as much data as possible related to that and just sorting through, analyzing and gathering trends.
2: Yeah, to tie together what Gifty and Alexandra both were saying, so it's being incredibly proficient at what we're doing, right? Making sure that we are being the best possible learning consultants, learning leaders, learning professionals, the best possible that we can, but then also continuing to speak the language of the business. Things like uh, being on top of knowing the mission, the vision of your organization, reading um, any quarterly reports that come out, being in tune with any company blogs, just ensuring that you constantly have your fingers on the pulse of the organization. So not only are you doing an amazing job at performing your training needs assessment, designing, learning, all of those things that we do, the many, many hats that we wear, right? Ensuring that you're just crushing it at all those functions but also being completely in tune with your business at all times.
0: Love that. I really love that. Thank you, Kate.
2: Yeah. Thank you, Sun.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. I want to go back to another point we mentioned earlier and what you called the training needs experience gifting. And really, why is it so important that we are doing this this needs assessment work continuously and as a process rather than just a one-on-done training event
3: I think it's a process because like business in the world business evolve people evolve people grow business goals evolve targets change people change business needs change right and so if we break the cycle of it being continuous we might lose at the point we might miss some information at a point. So let us continue being able to know that these changes require us to constantly assess, to constantly improve, to constantly review, see where we are, see what we are doing. Is it still meeting the goals or have the goals changed? How can we redirect? How can we reassess ourselves to meet the new goals and the new targets that are coming up? Because let's face it, Who knew two, three years ago that we would be in this situation? Who even knew we would be in this situation this long, right? And how often since COVID started have our business goals changed, you know? So if we are stuck to one way of doing something, then we would miss some useful actions and events. And that could be a sign of shaking our position.
2: To piggyback off Gifty's point, we had no idea what we were in for two, three years ago and and what we're still going through, of course, right, with the pandemic and all the repercussions. So you think about, you know, just a simple example, the idea of virtual teamwork, right? You know, we suddenly have nearly everyone telecommuting, at least on a semi-frequent basis, if not even now on a permanent basis, So just simply that need for training on how to work together across geographic or or time boundaries, right? So it's something that we could have never anticipated previously. So if we were stagnant, if we were not moving forward, then how would we ever be able to address those constantly evolving needs? But luckily, it sure seems like for all of us that are in the LD field, we are committed to lifelong learning, right? That's that's what we do inherently. We love this stuff. <laughs> so it's very natural, I think, for any of us to have that pursuit of constantly looking out for the next thing, the newest thing, what makes sense for the organization, you know, keeping our eyes open, our ears open and, and being in tune with uh, the evolving needs. Absolutely. And also, you know, from an instructional designer
4: perspective, being attuned with the technology, I mean, augmented and virtual reality is the up and coming thing. (laughs) And, uh, you know, they're using, using it for everything from, you know, social media to learning. So I think being attuned to not only what is how the the organization is transforming and along the way with all these, you know, of course, different issues that come up, both in the interior and exterior environments of the business, but um also with trends and new technology, it's always evolving.
1: Definitely. As those goals change and those targets change, as as you all mentioned, identifying the training needs is incredibly challenging. It's even harder so to, to do at scale to assess the training needs. What tips do you have for learning leaders who are trying to identify skills gaps in large dispersed organizations?
2: So to me, it all comes down to the various data collection methods or data collection types, right? So you can think about things like uh, surveys, focus groups, one on one interviews, observations. you know there's so many different ways to go about collecting data as part of that training needs assessment. So you just have to really think through what makes sense given your organization. How dispersed is it? How large is it? You know I worked at Pearson for gosh, about seven years designing a custom training solutions for partners all across the world. 40,000 plus employees. That's a lot of folks, right? So the idea of doing something like direct observations or interviews is simply just not feasible. It's not practical for an organization of that size. Whereas when you're working with maybe a midsize or a smaller company, depending what those gaps are that you're, that you're looking for, depending what the skills, the knowledge, etc., what you're trying to hone in on you just have to really think through what is appropriate given your organization but i would be really interested to hear gifty and alexandra's perspective on this as well
4: absolutely from an instructional design perspective and you know having worked at usaa for, for a while there are, we do have 45,000 plus employees and i primarily work in the risk and compliance side so there's several courses where are there for everybody because everybody's got to take it and then there's courses that are uh, job skill specific and uh, I think the data gathering is definitely important and it's generally in my experience working here it's generally the same all the types of data collection I think they're they're all necessary but what you look for and how you analyze it is what differs and that's what i would say i think when you create training um put develop the you know design and develop these these trainings for 45,000 plus employees i think it's important to find the commonalities and what the goal is and you can usually find that in the mission and vision statement and that's what points that specific training to that to uh, to everybody so you know it's important to have maybe a slide or two that emphasizes, look, this is why we are here, and and w- what you read in the mission and vision is, is where you can point this training to, and it that ad- identifies with all of skill uh, job types. So that's how I would approach it.
3: Totally, totally, yeah, like I agree with um what Alexis and Kate have said. But that's so beautiful. Like I've been writing it down. <laughs> But just to add a little bit to that, I want to say have an open mind, have an open mind for every information that comes in. It might not be relevant for you at this moment, but you would need it for something else. Ask all the questions. Kate said at the beginning, learn, keep learning, read, ask all the questions. And like Alexandra said, know the tools you have and the tools you need. Know the resources you have and the resources you need. Know which knots or which knobs to press at what time. Know who to go to, to ask what and where. And just go and also know yourself. Know what you can do, what you cannot do where you will need help. Because sometimes in my situation, like I work in an organization that is global. And so I can't in any way do a successful need assessment from one point. I need all the teams, all the countries involved. And so know what your team is and when you can utilize your team. Know what resources, what tools, like Alexandra said, what tools you can use and what tools you do not have. And of course, be mindful of cost. Generally, people would. Want when, when there's a problem with budget, they would in- immediately come to training to cut down. So you wouldn't want to also come out to always overspend on training. So you want to be mindful of costs and what it will take to do that.
4: I have a question for you, Gifty, if that's okay. <laughs> okay, uh, you know, seeing that, and I really appreciate everything you've said. You've said, it's, it's amazing. How would you address the cultural aspects from an instructional designer perspective, I think that's something we look at, definitely, if whether we're designing training for, for something in Canada or in the U.S., even, even though they're both North American countries, the cultures differ. How do you address that in developing training? It's quite tricky, <laughs> in
3: my experience. It's quite tricky. But what I do, let me start from what I did. Working in my previous job with Peace Corps, which was also global, I looked at regional cultures, what cultures apply to this region of countries. So let's say West Africa, let's say East Africa, let's say Central Africa. In my current position, what I look at is state-wise. All right. So take states in the U.S. towards the north. Take states in the U.S. towards the the south. Culture evolves. That is a fact, you can change it. So we wanna look for, not cultures that don't evolve, but we wanna look for general information that would meet the needs of the people. That will serve as the initial pointers, that will serve as an initial building blocks. And then the details will be handled from the various states, the local offices. That is how I work on it from the HR, from the headquarters perspective. And that has worked so far for me because I really can't go nitty-gritty down. An example is currently I'm working with Afghans and the Ukrainian situation. It is tough. These are two separate cultures that I have to deal with. And so coming up with a general cultural perspective that would give people the general base to start looking at it, but then would also give them the chance to delve deep into specifics with various target and local offices. I can do all, we can do all.
4: That's excellent. (laughs) I love that. Thank you for pointing that out. I'm gonna use those tips. Thank you.
1: (laughs) Thank you all for for sharing all that. I think we've um, definitely established that identifying trained needs can be challenging for even the most experienced learning leaders. What's one step our listeners can take after today's episode to get started?
4: I would just offer encouragement. Doing a TNA is, can be exhausting. <laughs> that is, in, in my opinion, one of the hardest things to do. And a good thing it comes at the beginning, because once you get it done, everything else should fall into place. At least it should fall into place. But like Gifty had mentioned earlier, it is definitely an iterative process. I just encourage learning leaders to be patient with themselves and their team and to know that, you know, for every iteration, it's not a failure. It is it is an investigation in progress. So that's that's how I would encourage others.
3: Right. I think I'll go towards that too. Just keep going, keep going. And, you know, you have great resources out there. I did CPTM and anytime I have a challenge, I really do use it. Don't tell them though. Go in there, send questions out to your network. I send questions to training mag, send questions to training industry, send questions to the resources you have. Sometimes I just go online and I Google, okay, this organization, who's the training person there? How can, what can I learn from them? Keep learning, keep asking questions. Don't be shy to ask anybody any questions because things do change. And we all, there's always that one thing that you would learn. if just a way you would learn to add up to your baskets of good. Know the resources that you can reach out to and feel free to do it. It would not be a smooth ride. There would be a free bumpy areas. You could send out an assessment and get like two responses. You might get 80% response. Hallelujah, that's fine. You might get 20%. That is fine, but just don't give up. Look through your tools again, maybe change it again, or take a phone and make calls, send email, but don't don't give up. It's not smooth, but you'll be there.
2: Gifty and Alexandra just, I mean, hit the nail on the head, right? <laughs> it is difficult at times. It is a long, taxing journey at times. But this community within training industry, other LD professionals, it is such a kind, generous community. And there are so many ways to get the support that you need, the tools that you need. Of course, the various classes, certificate programs, CPTM, as Gifty mentioned, those are incredible resources in and of themselves, but even, yeah, just reaching out. And, you know, I would also add to really shift your mindset away from being that order taker at your organization, right? Leaning into Asking the questions, performing the TNA, having the confidence to go through the steps that you know are needed in order to complete this process or really any process within the L&D function, but having that confidence of, I'm not just going to blindly take the order for this training. Instead, I'm going to ask the questions. And as we know, sometimes training isn't even the answer. Right. Sometimes there are different forces at play within the organization that can be solved via a different solution. So just keeping that critical thinking mentality on and having that confidence.
0: Well, on that hopeful note, Dr. Hickson, Alexandra, and Gifty, thank you all for speaking with us today. How can our listeners get in touch with you after the episode if they would like to follow up? I can be reached
4: at my email, a K at com, or on LinkedIn.
3: Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn too. Just catch me on LinkedIn. And if you want my email, it's my first name, Gifty, dot, my a last name at gmail.com.
2: Yeah, yeah. LinkedIn, certainly. Uh, easy search on LinkedIn for Kate Hickson. And then I also have a website, Kate Hickson, H I X S O N.com. I would love to connect with anyone. I love hearing from other folks within the L and D space and Sarah and Michelle, thank you so much for having us. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you.
0: For more insights on training needs analysis and assessments, and to learn more about training industries needs assessment certificate, visit the show notes for this episode at trainingindustry.com/trainingindustrypodcast. slash training industry podcast.
1: And don't forget to rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. We love hearing your
0: feedback. Until next time. If you have feedback about this episode or would like to suggest a topic for a future program, email us at infotrainingindustry.com or use the contact us page at trainingindustry.com. Thanks for listening to the Training Industry Podcast.